fact that each one of you took your time out from this uh, beautiful day. I know it's a beautiful day in Arizona, hot. Uh, it's about 102 and sunny. Uh, you took time out of your day to join us for our gathering. I, I, I praise God for each and every one of you that take time to join us and for our fellowship time, which is good. You know, every time we have the prayer line, I, I, I go back in my mind to, it said that after Jesus left and went back to his father, that they met, they met daily in the home in, in small groups. And this is a small group, and at least we have the privilege to be able to meet every Sunday. Uh, Sunday afternoon to study his word and to be able to encourage each and every one of you. I'm going to jump right into the lesson this evening after I do an opening prayer. I was playing a song, uh, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord, and I'll wait till about the end and we'll play that a little bit more. But I wanted to get to the lesson and I want to make sure you all have a pen and a paper. If you want to jot down some of the scriptures, but again, in about a couple hours, one or two hours, you could go online and, and listen to the replay. You can listen to the replay all week, uh, which is really, really good to be able to do that and share it with family and friends, even foes. Um, so I'll open it up in prayer. Father God, I want to thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your peace. Father God, thank you for allowing each and every household that's online to be able to join us today and those that's not that do not have the capability of joining us, Father God. We ask that you send your ministering angels out there so they can be able to get the word in some form of fashion, Father God. We we just honor and we love you. We bless your mighty name. We thank you for the word that's going to go forth today, Father God. Thank you for what you have done for each and every one of us this week, Father. And those that don't know you, Father, I ask, we pray and ask that you open the eyes of their heart so they can see who's with them is greater than uh, those in the world. Thank you, Lord. I was just asking uh, Miss Arteria about whether or not she went to the convocation. Uh, my sisters and I, we, we, we got an opportunity to uh, watch it online. And it is on YouTube, and it's, it was really encouraging today. I really, truly enjoyed it. And caught a little bit, tidbit of the Sunday school lesson. You know, 99% of the churches this day and time don't have Sunday school. They, they, uh, they just don't have it. I'm not going to say anything else about it. But I learned a lot from Sunday school. That started out as, as a young child when we went to school. That made sure we got Sunday school in, and then we got the, uh, the service in. <coughs> Excuse me. Back, back in those days, there wasn't no such thing as going to no children's church. You sat right there next to your parents and you sat up and listened. And then when you got older, you went to be an usher or whatever little thing we did in the church. But the message that the bishop gave this today was a message that I had received way back in January of 2020 and I just want to re-emphasize it a little bit because some major a major thing happened to me this week I guess so many little things are happening but you know what the whole lesson is about God said he's doing a new thing so back on January 1 of 2020 uh, he gave me a word every year for what I, I pray and ask God to give me a word or scripture for the year so that when I teach 
or I talk with someone, I can encourage them as to what God is saying. You know, this year was, uh, this is the year of the Lord's favor. He would give you double for your, double for your trouble. And I say it to everyone to encourage them. Whatever you're going through, God already know about it and he'll give you double for all the trouble that you have been through as long as your mind is stayed on him that, that's the bottom line i'm not gonna say those that's in sin are gonna get double yeah they're gonna get double but it may not be the same kind of double we get now uh since 20 march of 2020 life has uh as we knew it changed we all knew it changed COVID came in on the scene and we went into a federal lockdown all over the world little did we know uh, about the way life was going to be from 2020, 2020, uh, go ahead and there forward. Uh, this, this week, let's see, I came out here to Arizona in, in, uh, 1967. And about, uh, 1988, I met my mentor and she, uh, passed away on the 16th of September and she was 86 years old. Now, this mentor was a true spirit-filled Bible teacher. Matter of fact, she was over the Southwest Bible College uh, down through the years, but not when I first met her. When I first met her, she had a ministry, had a little mall, and she had a ministry called Frontline Ministry. And the Frontline Ministry was to teach the word of God. She was a great, great teacher. And, and I learned a lot. I learned her attitude. And you know, the word of God tells us that you never be greater than your teacher. And when the Lord uh, put in my heart the other day, when I learned that she had passed on, he just said, okay, you're not greater than her, but you're, you got the mantle. So you go forward. And you know, you are, I've been, I've been teaching all this time anyway. And, and I'll share this with you. Now, her name was, uh, Shirley, uh, Mac, Shirley Williams McPherson. And with her, she was a real strong Bible teacher. And the issue that she ran into, uh, which I'm very aware of is that the majority of the pastors are so-called whatever in our culture did not want to accept her teachings. And it was straight out of the Bible. When we look at it, there are so many preachers that's ignorant of the word of God. First of all, they have a blinder on when the word of God comes from a woman because they don't know, they don't have the spirit of God to explain it to them. They go on what they think and not what the word of God says. But however, she was a great teacher and I learned much from her and she spoke much into my life. And my job is to continue uh, speaking into you all life. And I'm going to go ahead to the message now. We're going to jump down and and look at uh, God's mercy and Israelites, uh, uh, Israel's unfaithfulness. That's where we're going to start out. And we, I want us to be able to apply it to our life today in the natural and the spiritual. Remember, in every teaching is always the natural, then the spiritual. So God told uh, Isaiah to speak to the people. And he said that now, this is, uh, oh, look. Isaiah, if you all want to get your Bible, Isaiah 43. And we're going to start with verse 17. We're going to 18 and 19. Those are the only three verses we're going to do that. And all the other verses, I'll give it to you as we go into it. 
Isaiah 43 verses 17, 18, and 19. And if you, if you, like I said, if you want to hear it awesome, go into uh, Facebook and SDC uh, for the uh, congregation convocation uh, today meeting from Bishop, I think it was Bishop Pickett. I, I can't remember, Ada, maybe is that the name? Bishop Pickett. But, but anyway, you all, it was an awesome message and it was really encouraging because that's what we need because the things have changed and we, we need uh, those of these to uh, focus and allow God to teach us as we go through this journey. But you got to be able to have an ear for what he said. Now, this is what the Lord says, uh, what Isaiah said. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. You all know where this is at. Then 17 said, who drew out the chariots and the horses and the army and the reinforcements together and and they lay there never to rise again extinguished snuffed out like a wick forget the former things do not dwell on the past see I am doing a new thing now it springs up and do you not perceive it I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams in the wasteland and I'm going to read that, that little last part again. Uh, I'm starting with verse 18. 18 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. This is what God is saying to us today, you all. That's why a lot of us may be stuck. Because the only thing we can remember is the old stuff. We, we know some things, but we stay, we stay in our mind thinking about those old things instead of trying to pass the mantle and give it to some of the people. This new generation don't want to hear it anyway, but we can't forget it. We're, we're, we're not supposed to forget it. And if you've never uh, been through it or know exactly what it is, this is your time of learning. So, so uh, God said to the people, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I know a lot of folks that dwell on the past. He said, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is what God said to the people. And what he placed on my heart about our teachings that we do, our studies that we do. He's, I, I used to do what you all call a spiritual boot camp. And the lessons from now on is going to be part of the spiritual boot camp. And when I dig out the book, I'll be able to send it to you because I have it in the format already on my other computer. So I'll be able to share that with you all. But today, I'm going to give you a whole lot of scriptures. You write them down. And this is going to help you. I started the song. Hold, hold on a minute. I'm going to do this for one little quick second. Uh, hold, hold on here.
you know who you all I, I play that because I want to encourage you now we're in a warfare we're definitely in a warfare we're fighting every day for our life and for our, our freedom actually for our freedom and if you don't pay attention as to what's going on around you you look back and everything is different totally different uh, they're changing I, I was looking at the other day I think um looking at something on the TV and I was talk talking with one of my friends and now you know the, the government is, have brought it up about how they're taking the young kids and allow them to change their their sexual orientation making them binary and now the, the government is just allowing the doctors to do all this and, and it's all about making money now so we can't go through this life with blinders on because now they're teaching them it's okay if you're a little boy to be a little girl you can just go ahead and have the change and the parents can't do anything about it because the federal government said they have the right to do that but so you have to we have to make up our mind what we want to do now being that we're in uh the army of the Lord, you make up your mind whether or not you're a soldier, you're fighting, or whether or not you're just going to stay in the natural world and do what they want to do. But I'm going to give you some encouraging scriptures to just get you camp. It said the sword, the sword is the word of God, you all. That's that Bible is our sword. When we fight every day, we fight with the word of God. We don't have to go out and get a gun to do the fighting. That's how the natural man does it. That's how the world does it. We fight it with the Bible. That's our sword. All right? Okay, Second Corinthians 5 and 17, if you would get that. Second Corinthians 5 and 17. And if you don't mind, I'm going to read it. You also, we can go through this uh, quickly. And at the end, we're going to have an open mic. If you have any questions, jot them down. And I want to hear some questions or discussion. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Bottom line, he said, if you're in Christ, you're a new, new creature. And how do we get into Christ? We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If you truly believe that in your heart, you're a new creature. You're new. You're not of the old mindset. You have a new mindset. Ephesians 4 and 22, get that one. For Ephesians 4, verses 22 through 24. Ephesians 4. Verses 22 through 24 says to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God is true righteousness and holiness. Once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, truly, a lot of us does, some people do lip service, but when you do heart service, you have no doubt. You have no doubt that he lives in you, he lives in you, and you are righteous and holy. God is a righteous God, he's a holy God. So we said we're made in his image. So if you believe that Jesus is the son of God and he's sitting on the right hand of the father, you can be in right standing. All right, let's go ahead. John 3 and 3. John 3 and 3. Says Jesus and he was, you know, crowd was always around him talking. Jesus answered him. He was talking to uh, Nicodemus. Uh, I think he was talking to Nicodemus. They came to Jesus by night. He heard about uh, 
Nicodemus was one of those uh, teachers of the law anyway, but he it, it touched him what Jesus was doing and saying. So he came to him by night, and Jesus answered him and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You all, we, we need to stop faking it, thinking everybody is going to be in the kingdom of God. Just because they know the word don't mean nothing. And when you get to a certain level in your life and have that discernment and knowing the word, uh, you, you will understand that everybody's not going not, not gonna to make it. Everybody's not living in the kingdom of God. But Nicodemus understood what Jesus had said. He said that unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And how do we be born again? I'd already told you. Now, I throw a little bit of Old Testament in here. And this was what David has said one time. Psalms 51 and 10. Psalm 51 and 10. We all knew about David and the struggle he had and the, and the anointing David had. Because uh, David was a chosen vessel of God. He was a chosen king and he ruled the nation until he got old. And in the scriptures, it talks about what happened to him when he was an old man. David loved women, but they said when he got, they knew he was old or on the way out of here because he put a, they put a young woman in the bed with him and he couldn't do nothing but go to sleep. David in Psalm 51.10 said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We can say that to ourselves. Sometimes when we fall short of his glory, we need to take some time, do some uh, checking on ourselves. You know, I call it channel checking. Check your heart. See what's happening. And just say, Lord, you know, forgive me. This is a form of repentance. We we all do something wrong sometimes. But God said, Jesus said, all we got to do is repent. He said, either repent or die. So you make up your mind which one you want. But David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 10. Let's go to Colossians 3, verses 1, to, 1 through 10. Okay? If I'm going too fast, somebody speak up now. Colossians 3 verses 1 through 10. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life is in your life oh let me do it again when Christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with him in glory put to death therefore what is earthly in you sexual immorality impurity passion evil desires and covetousness, which is idolatry 
I don't have to, I'll read that last part again. He tells us to put to death. We have control of ourselves, you all. Some people don't have control on themselves. On and I, I, I look at it, to me, when you have no control over your, your earthly body, that means that you do not have the Spirit of God living in you because uh, God is holy in righteousness. And he said once you, uh, you in Christ, all that other stuff, you have control of it. You have control. He said, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. You can, you all can look that one up. But this is what's getting down to the end here. It says, Romans 8 and 1. I love this one. Romans 8 and 1. Sometimes we will feel bad because we listen to all these voices all around us. People are going to, uh, what, I want Jake's, I don't know if you all saw when Jake's, uh, uh, ordained his daughter, his uh, eldest daughter, on uh, doing the, um, Women Thou Art Loose. He, uh, he gave her the mantle. He no, no longer controls the Woman uh, Thou Art Loose. Uh, section of his ministry. He gave it to his daughter. And if you want to see that, go on YouTube and see it because that was such a beautiful service. He anointed her the old-fashioned way, how they pour oil. He poured oil all over her head until it dripped down. But that, when he explains it, that is when you get into a level of allowing God to control your life. This is what God can do. He'll, he'll tell you how to do it. Like, like I said, my mentor that went away many years ago, she passed her mantle of teaching and, and to me, teaching the word of God. Uh, a, a lot of times, you know, when people come up with what well, God said this and all of that, I see, I know the word. I study the word. Y'all get to study the word because when these, these prophet liars come in lying, changing the word around, you know, look! Look what the, the uh, look what Satan did to Jesus when he was in the wilderness doing his forty day fast. But Jesus said every time to him, "It is written, it is written." We don't have to debate the word of God. You are we don't we don't ever have to debate the word of God. And but we God will give you the discerning spirit, the right words, exactly how to say it to someone, and, and run and leave it and just go ahead on. You don't have to debate the word of God because it's, it's written. It's down in the book. If they can't read it, it's, it's too many verses for people not to understand it. Romans 1 and 8 again says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Once you're in Jesus Christ, they're going to lie on you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to get mad when you start to doing stuff. But see, you, we, we can't pay any attention to that because we know who, when you know who you are, you're going to keep going no matter what. I, I, I got rooted and grounded from Sunday school way back. I was born in, in what? I was born in 1948. So about six years old and sitting in Sunday school, I started getting an understanding. At 16 years old, I got the true chosen call of what I'm supposed to be doing. Go go ahead to Romans 8, verses 9 and 10. Romans 8, verses 9 and 10. Romans 8, verses 9 and 10 say, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, you're not in flesh, you're in the Spirit. 
if the spirit of God dwells in you, you're not a flesh, you're in the spirit. And anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to God. Can't, I, I, I can't mess with that. And that's what that's what the word said. When you know that word, and people coming up and saying blah blah blah, blah, blah all that vomit they're spitting out, and you know right quick, right quick, they don't know God. They don't know God. It said, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. I'm going to repeat that to encourage you all that might be a little bit stuck in that. It said, but if Christ is in you, although your body is dead, you're still walking around, but you're dead to all this natural stuff. And that was the stuff that was previous that I talked talked about. The body is dead because of sin. The spirit is life because of righteousness. All right, I want to go so y'all get this. John 15 and 5. This is Jesus talking. John 15 verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine. You all know what look like a grapevine looks like. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Get that in your heart. Apart from God, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus Christ, you can do nothing. You can do all the the stuff you want. Live like the world. But if you are God, you, you are a branch. We extend, we extend out. When I look at the trees, look at a tree, you see all those different branches on You can relate it to you and your family naturally. I thank God that I know the roots of my family. Every day I, I thank God for that. All the way back to the slave man that used to buy slaves with his master. The 16-year-old boy that used to buy slaves with his master. We can go all the way back to that. So I know who we are. My great, my grand, my great grandfather. I think my grandmama's daddy. His name was Moses. And my teacher, uh, sister Shirley. One thing she said to me one time: "Well, girl, you got a real good connection. You, you, you got a Moses in your family." Remember what Moses' job was? He brought brought the people out of Egypt. When they crossed the waters and all that, that was what the first scripture was about. When they crossed all across the water and going through the water and all the way on each side, they went through dry land and the water rised up on both sides of it, but they crossed in dry land. And, so, and you all, that's how God protects us. When we're under him, we're under his wings. And all this stuff that's out here in the world, he will give you wisdom and directions as to how to do this. Uh Let's see. Let's go on to the next one. Let me finish that first. Uh, now we're going to go down to, to Philippians. Paul. Paul was. Uh, he wrote most of the New Testaments. Most of the New Testament. And you can always Google a book and see. I think he wrote about uh, seventy. Uh, about seventy percent of the new of the New Testament. Now Paul was the apostle to the Christians. Uh, he had established himself through Philippi. What he did, he wrote a letter to the uh, Philippians, and they said at that time he wrote the letter. He was probably in Rome, in Rome or in Ephesus, in in prison, because Paul went to prison a whole lot of times. Uh, so get Philippians three, 
7 through 9. Philippians 3, 7 through 9. And it says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Can we say that ourselves? Paul said, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He said, all that old natural stuff don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing as long as you got Jesus in your heart. For for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. In one of the versions it said that I consider it as dung. We all know what dung, dung is. That's poop, dog poop. All that stuff I lost when I was out in the world doing all that world stuff don't mean nothing. That was garbage. But now that I'm in Jesus, I'm part of uh, Jesus Christ, connected and made in God's image. All that mess don't mean it's garbage. It's junk. It's dung to me. I've gained when I decided to allow the to accept Jesus in my heart and allow the Spirit of God to live in me and be my counselor, my director, my comforter. And I don't have to walk this world by itself. Verse 9 said, And be found in him. Let me go back a little bit. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of our faith. That's why righteousness comes for you all. It takes faith to believe some of this stuff. And once you get the Spirit of God living in you, know the Spirit of God is living in you to give you directions and all. He increases your faith. He increases. Because if God said it, I, I to Vera Glass, believe it. If it's written in the Word of God, I believe it. But He will give you the discernment to be able to understand if it's His true Word. Because some, some of the versions, like I said to you all in the past, to me, I don't like some of the versions because it's too wordy. It's too wordy and to put words in there that I don't need. Maybe some some people do. But I don't need all the extra verbiage that's in the way of exactly what uh, God said. Now let's go to Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 4. Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 4. Now this was spoken to the Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. But we should be holy and blameless before him in love. That's how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live in love. Because the word to God tells us that God is love. He is love. We, 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 uh, we're held accountable. We may not like some people. But we still have to love a God. And that means the agape love. That's the God kind of love. The agape love. We may not like their actions or what they're doing. But if we hate them, we're in sin. We learned that last week. Not last, not, not last, but the week before last. So that was our lesson about unforgiveness. I'm, I'll say it again. If you've got a piece of unforgiveness in you, God can't hear nothing you're praying. And a lot of us have blinders mm-hmm. on. Unless you've immediately asked him to forgive you. That's the only way he's going to hear you. But if you're walking around with a piece of bitterness or uh, unforgiveness in your heart, 
He can't hear you. And when you got unforgiveness in your heart, you start to see things, seeing changes in your body. When all of a sudden a big old pulse, pulse a big old bump with a pulse on it, you want to know why? You're doing something that ain't right. Bottom line. You can go to the doctor and get whatever drug you need. Most of the time you go to the doctor and the doctor just take a big, a big old needle or something and pop it and let all that, that, uh, that fleshly stuff come out. All that pulse come out of there. Let's get Matthews 12 and 23. We're almost done, you all. About another couple of minutes. Matthew 12 and 23. Now, this this is to make it clear. Really clear. Either make the... 12 and 23 says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Fruit bad. For the tree is known by his fruit. Remember we talked about when Jesus was going into the city. I can't remember exactly what city it is now. But he was going into the city and he saw this beautiful tree. First, let's, let's look at it naturally. He saw this beautiful tree. The right time of the year uh, was there for it to be able to have some fruit on it. But all Jesus saw was some green uh, leaves. Beautiful green leaves. Because Jesus, no, it was time for fruit. All, some of us have been walking in God. 30, 40, 50 years, and we ain't got no fruit. No fruit whatsoever. I want to ask you a question, y'all. Now, we, me and Pat live in Arizona. I don't know who else is on the line from Arizona. But in Arizona, they have a lot of fruit trees because the weather condition is just perfect for fruit trees. You can go by any orchard and see this time of year beautiful, beautiful green trees. I have a lemon tree out here in my yard, and it's limited because I have it in a big bucket. And I don't get the chance to water it like it should. And I've been looking out the door, got beautiful, beautiful uh, leaves on it. Think of this, you. I want you to look at something. Are you able to look at an orange tree, maybe an orange tree, a grapefruit tree, and it got all these uh, beautiful leaves, but no fruit? Are you able to tell the difference between an orange? Did somebody open the mic? Are you able to tell the difference of an orange tree and a grapefruit tree if there's no fruit on it? No, it's hard to tell them. It's hard. <laughs> all right. I, I want us to think about that. Now, are you the kind of tree that got beautiful leaves but no producing of fruit? Are, are you like that? This is a thing. This is part of the spiritual boot camp. What kind of fruit are you producing? Now, Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Read this. This is what I'm going to read for you. But the fruit of the Spirit. We're supposed to have the Spirit of God living in us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you can't self-control yourself, you have no fruit. Now, again, I've explained this before. Look at a, look at a pomegranate. A pomegranate. Inside that pomegranate is a bunch of little seeds in there. Within our spirit, we, we have one fruit. Within that spirit, we're supposed to have love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, and such self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There's no law that can uh, give you self-control. There's no law that can give you kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. There's no law that can do that. But in case you don't know what the word forbearance means, forbearance is refraining from enforcement of something 
such as a debt, a right, or obligation that is due. You're restraining yourself from something that is due. All right. I, I'm, that, that is actually the end of the lesson. So I'm going to end this lesson as a soldier in the army of the Lord. If you got a, a big, beautiful green tree, you need to know, are you producing? This, this is when you ask yourself, are you producing any fruit on the tree? Are you just all uh, looking good and no fruit? Do you have a bad attitude? You ain't got no fruit. Bottom line. And it says the fruit of the Spirit. It didn't say fruits. It said fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're not able to control yourself, go back to God and repent and ask Him, uh, what, what, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? Uh, again, I'm going to cut the mic off. I really thank you all for uh, 